Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, December 20th, 2018. And uh, before we get started, I want to thank everybody uh, this year that sent in so many good articles. Uh, some of you didn't have your articles blogged about, but uh, we do appreciate all of them. This is, as you know, a community-driven uh, blogging website. Uh, I blog about what people send me, which is just really good stuff. And we have another case of that today in the news and views because uh, Mr. B, we'll just call this individual Mr. B, sent me a very interesting article along with his own analysis. And I'm going to pass on that analysis because I think he's onto something. I'm going to expand on it a bit. Uh, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that you're celebrating, and uh, best wishes uh, from Daniel and I for a very happy new year to all of you that have made this a very good year for us at uh, Giza Death Star. So without further ado, let's get started. This article is in the Space News website. Uh, it appeared yesterday. It's written by Sandra Irwin. It appeared yesterday, and yesterday the headline of this article says it all. President Trump issues an order to create the U.S. Space Command. <clears throat> now, Mr. B pointed out some ambiguous language here, and I want to highlight this as well. There are a number of paragraphs I want to read here, and then I'm going to try and put this into a context of what's going on. Um, I'm going to start out by skipping around three different paragraphs before zeroing in on the paragraphs that contain the ambiguous language. Uh, Dateline Washington, quote, President Trump on Tuesday directed the, the Department of Defense to establish a U.S. Space Command as a unified combatant command. The president, in a December 18 memo, that's two days ago, instructed the Pentagon to establish a United States Space Command as, quote, a functional unified combat command, unquote. He also directed the Secretary of Defense to recommend officers for nomination and Senate confirmation as commander and deputy commander of the new command, unquote. And I'm skipping now uh, quite a few paragraphs to point out this little bit of information. Quote, the United States had a space command from 1985 until 2002. It was disestablished, and its functions were absorbed by the U.S. Strategic Command during the George W. Bush administration to free up resources to create the U.S. Northern Command to oversee homeland defense, unquote. In other words, it was abolished due to this uh, so-called uh, post-9-11 war on terror. Now, I'm going to skip down to the very next paragraph here and draw your attention to some very ambiguous language and then skip again toward the end of the article to point out another recurrence of that ambiguous language. Quote, uh, uh, Department, of Secretary, uh, Department of Defense spokesman Wilson called this an opportune time to bring back the U.S. Space Command because of rising space security threats. Quote, it was unanimously reported by all the Joint Chiefs of Staff, unquote, she said, quote, this is military advice that is worth listening to, unquote. The Department of Defense organized a number of tabletop exercises and strategy sessions 
that helped inform the plans to set up the new command. Quote, we are shifting to a war-fighting culture at the explicit recognition that it is a war-fighting domain, unquote, Wilson added. Quote, adversaries. Note the ambiguous term. Adversaries are developing capabilities to deny us the use of space in crisis or war. The creation of a unified command puts focus on the ability to protect our assets in orbit and prevail if called upon, unquote. And I'm skipping toward the uh, end of the uh, article here, and I'm going to read the next four paragraphs. Deputy Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan, who is overseeing the Pentagon's efforts to establish a Space Force as a new military branch, explained on Twitter that Space Command should not be confused with Space Force. Quote, the Space Force will serve as a force provider for personnel, assets, and capabilities. Note that, personnel, assets, and capabilities. Supporting space operations while Space Command will serve as the operational command that will employ space capabilities and lead space operations, unquote. Once both organizations are up and running, Shanahan added, the differences between Space Force and U.S. Space Command will, quote, largely parallel those of the other five military services and four functional combatant commands, unquote. As work begins to establish a new combatant command, the Pentagon, in parallel, is developing a legislative proposal to stand up a space force, listen, as a sixth U.S. military service. Quote, it is urgent we address space as a warfighting domain, and this combatant command is a critical step in that direction, Shanahan added. Quote, U.S. Space Command will allow us to accelerate our space capabilities to defend our national interests and deter our adversaries. There's that ambiguous term again. Now, uh, I want to I want to try and put this in a much broader context. Adversaries, as Mr. B noted in his email to me, has usually been taken to refer to nations like Russia and China, which certainly are developing their own space war-making capabilities. China has conducted a number of tests, as you recall, over the past few years of an anti-satellite ground-launched uh, missile capability. Russia has recently formed its own version of a space command and has been calling uh, as we, as regular readers and, and watchers here on this website know, has been calling for an international asteroid defense. But as you'll recall, when Prime Minister Medvedev made that remark prior to the Chelyabinsk incident a few years ago in 2013, Medvedev also stated that if Russia could not get other nations to cooperate in the venture, it would just go ahead and build it out on its own. So in other words, the implication is that they were using asteroids as kind of a cover story to build out their own space warfighting capability. So adversaries in that context could be taken to be a rather obvious reference without mentioning by name Russia and China. But the problem Mr. B pointed out to me, and I agree with this, is that the United States has not hesitated to mention Russia and China as principal adversaries in space-related matters particularly by name. 
So it's the ambiguous use of the term adversaries here that may imply that something broader is going on. It's a broad term, and that implies a broader context. So let's fill in a little bit of broader context here. Let's go back to the story a few years ago of Gary McKinnon, the hacker in the United Kingdom, who allegedly hacked into uh, the Department of Defense and NASA databases and alleged that he discovered the name of personnel that existed in a space fleet. Now, in, interestingly enough, McKinnon did that when there was a, uh, a space command, the one that George W. Bush uh, shut down, and he may have tapped into something like that uh, in terms of what he found, personnel, ships, and so on. This was his allegation that there were actually ships referred to with officers in command of those ships for this space force, all right? Then let's recall President Ronald Reagan's memoirs, and this to me is a crucial part of the story. It tends to be overlooked. But President Reagan's memoirs, he mentions the fact that he was debriefed on the United States having a space personnel lift capability of 300 personnel, and that far exceeded the spaceship uh, pardon me, the space shuttle lift capacity of personnel that was available to the United States at the time. So either, number one, Reagan was lying, or it was a bit of uh, deception to let our adversaries, Russia and China, know that we had a space force, which may not have actually existed, or he was telling the truth, all right? And I tend to think that it was the latter. So who are these adversaries beyond Russia and China. And this is where, obviously, we could assume that they might be referring to someone else out there, be it human or otherwise. And I want to stress a final point here. We've been watching a number of incidents ever since 9-11 that, in my view, have been employing some very exotic technology that may indeed be space-based, 9-11 being an example with the collapse of the Twin Towers. Uh, the recent California fires have a number of anomalies, which some people have suggested have been brought about by some sort of exotic space-based energy weapons. That's possible. I don't rule it out of the picture. So adversaries may, in my opinion, also refer to some sort of extraterritorial group. In other words, we have to go back and remember something that uh, Richard Dolan, Linda Moulton Howe uh, a few years ago uncovered, and that was the whistleblower that had apparently worked uh, at one point with the Eisenhower administration, and this whistleblower alleged that President Eisenhower asked about what was going on out at Area 51. He was not told. He was kept out of the loop, and he deliberately issued a threat that he would invade that uh, facility with the first army based in Colorado if he was not told what was going on out there. That was at the tail end of his administration when he was also frustrated over not being able to get access to the segmented uh, integrated operational plan. That was the Strategic Air Command's plan for thermonuclear war with the communist bloc. He was finally able to get a hold of that. 
Uh, but there were a number of things that he was kept out of the loop on. And according to this whistleblower, the Black Projects world was one of them. And this, in my opinion, and many others, was something that led to his military-industrial complex speech on leaving office in 1961. So there was a threat. And the threat, if we, if we take that seriously, implies that that Black Projects world had become, in effect, a breakaway group. It was a rogue group no longer, and this is the key point, no longer under the operational command and control of the U.S. military. Now, this is what I suspect, and I'm crawling all the way out on the end of the twig of speculation here, folks, with uh, President Trump's space command. I suspect that this is an effort to reassert control over something that may indeed have gone rogue or more or less independent over the past few years, uh, this would be this would be in line with the thinking behind Richard Dolan's breakaway civilization hypothesis, uh, behind a number of other people, including myself, about the secret space program hypothesis, that it's essentially gone rogue. It's taken those exotic technologies and constituted itself as a kind of an extraterritorial state. So this may be an attempt to do something else, and that's again, regain and assert a measure of control over another kind of adversary altogether, namely a breakaway group. And in that reassertion, uh, another thing that's going on, in my opinion, is a reassertion or attempt to reassert control over the financing available to that group and return it to the control of the government. But in any case, any way you parse this language here, something weird is going on because the term adversaries is, I think, deliberately uh, ambiguous, and it doesn't necessarily mean the obvious fact of, of Russia and China being space competitors, which it certainly would be inclusive of that. But as Mr. B pointed out, when the United States has previously mentioned competitors or adversaries in space. It has been very specific about Russia and China. And let's add one final little contextual bit of icing on the cake here for this speculation, because I just blogged earlier this week about the fact that the, the new nominee to be the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, uh, is that same general who gave that speech a few years ago to a graduating class of military cadets that soldiers of the future would have to be able to fight hybrid armies and little green men, <laughs> okay? And the, the scuttlebutt at the time that the general made that comment was that, well, this was just typical army code that he was using simply for foreign uh, soldiers and mercenaries that fought in green uniforms. And I say balderdash. A four-star general knows good and well what kind of effect that choice of words is going to have in the popular uh, public mind. And let's add to this little speculation that adversaries may mean something much more than just Russia and China and even the possibility that it may mean something more than somebody else out there, but may be referring to a kind of breakaway extraterritorial entity right here on planet Earth. And that's the fact, and you can look this up online, there are many stories about this, that 
the United States Army and uh, other ground forces, the Marines and so on, are learning to fight underground. Uh, and that, to me, is very interesting. It's almost as if a message is being sent to that breakaway group, which, of course, would have most of its development, research, and manufacturing infrastructure underground. So there's a lot going on here with this uh, apparently simple little announcement, and uh, I think it does merit the kind of high-octane speculation that I'm proposing here and that Mr. B was proposing in the email. So anyway, that's it for today's news and views. A very, very interesting story. This is something to watch to, to keep connecting dots on what may go, be going on with the Space Force and Space Command. Uh, again, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. There won't be another News and Views until after Christmas. I'm not certain that there will be another News and Views this year, so I also want to wish everybody uh, a Happy New Year. I just had some news today that uh, some of my company is, that I'm expecting may have to undergo surgery and may not be able to attend, so my schedule's in a bit of... Uh, upheaval because of that. So I don't know if there will be a news and views next week. Remember, folks, there is no more vid chat for this year. Uh, I have yet to put up the schedule for vid chats in January 2019. So keep checking those, and I will try and remember to post a notice when the vid chats resume. Anyway, that's it for today's news and views from the Nefarium, folks. Uh, everybody, I want again to say Merry Christmas, God bless, and have a very happy new year. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.